0: So I greet you in the worthy name of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> I bring greetings to you from our church in Sheep Ukraine, and I wish you the joy and peace and mercy of God. I'm going to be reading from Acts chapter 8. What I'm reading here is simply a springboard for what I'll have for the rest of the message. Acts chapter 8, starting at verse 26. This is the story of Philip and the eunuch, and we see here how a man found Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 8, starting reading at verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship was returning, and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him, and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he should come up and sit with him. The place of the Scripture which was read Was this, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation, for his life is taken from the earth? And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. The title of this message is Presenting the Gospel. Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. What does it mean for someone to preach Jesus? You know, the Bible doesn't even say what Philip said when he preached Jesus to the man of Ethiopia. But I believe that Philip preached Christ in some method, by some way. He preached Christ to him as the only Savior. Jesus Christ was the Lord. Jesus Christ was the one that can take away our sins. And above all things that this eunuch would see his need of Jesus Christ. Now remember, the eunuch was worshiping in Jerusalem. So he was a religious man. But I believe Philip showed to him that Jesus Christ is now the Lamb of God and all those sacrifices that had been done in Jerusalem or were being done no longer were necessary because Jesus Christ is the Savior for our sins. And then we see that the eunuch sealed his faith with water baptism and went on his way rejoicing, looking at verse 37. And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So let's look at the technique that Philip used. So he got close to the man in the chariot. He joined the man in the chariot. He didn't stand with him. He sat with him. And maybe he said a thing or two of the weather. I don't know. I probably would have mentioned that it's really hot here in the desert. And... Philip quickly turned his conversation to a spiritual topic. I don't know what he said, but he said things that the eunuch had confidence in him because the eunuch trusted Philip and he asked him this burning question. And that opened the door for Philip to preach unto him Jesus or declare to him Jesus. You know, we all have or have had a burning question. When I'm talking about a burning question, I'm talking about those burning questions that come from the depth of our souls. They have to do with our destiny. So we have or have had those questions. And this is the place where Philip talked to the eunuch. And you know, I'm here in Ireland. I'm here in the Sennonite Church in Dunmore East. And I hope that the story of Philip and the eunuch will be repeated physically over and over and many times. And many people will come to the Phillips that are within this church. To the brothers and sisters in the church. And they will come with their burning questions that have to do with the destiny of their soul. And you will declare Jesus Christ to them. Both sides of the house. We all have that responsibility to declare Jesus Christ. So that they will repent of their sins They will be baptized, and they will go on their way rejoicing, and they will help to build the church of Jesus Christ. It's my desire that that story will be repeated over and over. Will that person be you? Will you be a Philip? You know, according to Matthew chapter 28, by the power of Jesus Christ, we are to go out and to teach all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Who is to go to teach the gospel? The disciples. But we are also disciples. So that is spoken to us today. We who are Christ's disciples are commanded by Jesus Christ to make more disciples for Christ. The command is to teach and to baptize. So what is the step between teaching and baptizing? There's a very large step between teaching and baptize. I can do the teaching, you can do the teaching, we can present the gospel, but there's a step between. Obviously, if people are baptized, they have received the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. The step between is receiving. So the burden burden of this message is, how can I present the gospel that others will receive it? That's a very delicate question. That's the difficult part. You know, in my work in Ukraine, I have spoken to hundreds and hundreds of people. I have preached to hundreds of people. I have preached the gospel to them. I have told them what they must do to be saved and i have invited many people to our church service and they have come and over the years i've done this to many people where are those people they have heard the gospel why are they not all baptized now and in our church the difficult part of declaring the gospel message so that is that people will receive it actually this is a work of god but i can be a hindrance to the work of God by not properly presenting the gospel, or I can be a blessing to God by allowing God to use my gifts to declare the gospel message. That step between, that action of receiving, how can we present the gospel in such a way that others will receive it and come to Jesus Christ in repentance and become part of the body of Jesus Christ. So do you eat margarine? Some shake their heads. It not be bought at the stores. Um, I'm not even sure I have the right message for this, type, this um, topic, and it, it includes margarine, it includes presenting the Gospel, I was thinking maybe I should say selling Christianity as a title or marketing the gospel. Would those be proper titles for what I'm talking about? Actually, the gospel is beyond price, so we can't sell it. So anyhow, margarine has been made since the 1870s. It was made as imitation butter in France, but by the 1940s, which is 70 years later it still was very difficult to sell margarine. It just didn't sell well. So the enemies of margarine said that margarine was a threat to the way of life. Some people made big cartoons of large factories producing margarine in large vats and then they'd throw a dead cat in or some rubber boots in I guess they thought it was on the same level so what's the difference and this was sold and people were supposed to eat that another said that margarine causes cancer and people lose their minds if they eat margarine and over time The manufacturers of margarine did improve their products so that it almost looked like butter, it almost tasted like butter, and was said to be healthier than butter and was cheaper than butter, and yet it was still hard to sell margarine. So in desperation, the manufacturers of margarine turned to a man to help them. He had a gift of observing people and determining why They purchase the things they do. And this man already had a very good um, reputation because he's the one who put Tide soap on the market. And so he became famous for helping this Tide soap company sell Tide soap. So after he was hired and studied the situation, he gave the manufacturers of margarine two suggestions. Change the wrapper and change the name. Change the wrapper and change the name. At that time, in the 1940s, tinfoil was something new. So But it was a sign of quality. Anything that was wrapped in tinfoil, that was something special. So they no longer wrapped it in paper, they wrapped it in tinfoil and named it Imperial Margarine. They put that word imperial in front. And the results were amazing. In a few years' time, margarine became a strong competition for butter. When I was young, margarine was really being promoted. I was born in the fifth 1950s. Why could they finally sell margarine because they changed the wrapper. Margarine sales shot up because they didn't It's not because they changed the margarine. It's because they changed the wrapper. Now, my wife and my children are probably surprised that I use such an illustration. Before I came to, went to Ukraine, I was a dairy farmer. My father was a dairy farmer. My grandfather was a dairy farmer. We milked cows and we sold milk. In fact, I felt so strongly that my product was superior that I didn't allow my wife to even have any margarine in the house. Uh, that was my competition. So they might call me an enemy of margarine. But that's beside the point. The point I'm trying to make has to do with the power of the wrapper. The power of the wrapper. So let's imagine I give you a pen and a paper, and I tell you to write a list of things that are difficult to sell. So just imagine, you're going to start writing things. What is difficult to sell? So now I'll change that a little bit and say, What are some spiritual things that are difficult to pass on? So preaching the gospel, Jesus Christ, so that others will receive it and come to repentance and build the church of Christ is a very difficult thing. Probably we would put it on the top of our list. Presenting the gospel of Christ is even more difficult than trying to sell margarine. In the way that we package something is really important. So, just let me go through some scriptures with me. You can follow if you wish, of parts or descriptions of what the gospel message is to be that makes it very difficult for someone to receive. So, in Matthew 10, Verses 34 and 35, these are the words of Jesus Christ. And imagine trying to sell something that causes conflict in the family. In other words, here, buy this. This is something good for you, but it's going to cause conflict in your family. This is what Jesus said. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. You know, my decision to follow Jesus Christ must not be influenced by my friends or my extended family. It must be because I see Jesus. When Philip presented Jesus Christ to when Philip presented the gospel to Jesus Christ, He helped the eunuch to see Jesus. Somehow there was a wrapper on there that this eunuch could see Jesus. So the next point that makes it difficult to sell is imagine trying to sell something that infers that you must not love your parents or your children. So Matthew ten thirty seven says, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And all the things that you've probably heard preached across his pulpit was the strength of the family and the value of the family. And here I'm standing and he- saying what Jesus said in Matthew 10, that we need to love Jesus more than father and mother. That must be our goal. Jesus Christ must be first. The next point, imagine trying to sell something that will cause the buyer to be hated. In other words, if you buy what I offer you, you will be hated for it. John 15, 18. Jesus' words again, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. So if we are going to present the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it carries along this price that we will be hated, we have to have it in a worthwhile wrapper. That wrapper that we presented in, they have to see Jesus. Imagine, there's another point, trying to sell something, which forces the buyer to deny himself. Usually when we buy something, we're going to take pleasure in what we bought. When we receive the gospel, we are denying ourselves because of what the gospel says. Luke chapter 9.23 And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And the next point, imagine trying to sell something that will bring persecution to the buyer. When we think of persecution, we think of fleeing and running away. We don't want to be where there's persecution. Matthew 5, this is the Sermon on the Mount, verses 10 to 12. Blessed are they, this is Matthew 5, starting at verse 10. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you. For my sake, rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is the reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. These points that I have just mentioned are the words of Jesus, and they're the part of life of a person who receives the gospel. Do people in this world want to hear this message? Even our flesh doesn't want to hear these words. The message of Jesus Christ, which includes self-denial, hatred, persecution, has never been popular. But notice, back in the time of the apostles and the early church, the question is, how could the apostles preach the gospel and so many receive it? So when the apostle Peter preached the gospel on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 souls repented And later we read that 5,000 more souls repented and were baptized. So they were presenting the gospel. They were presenting the gospel in a certain way to people. People were receiving that gospel. And the gospel of Jesus Christ that Peter preached has not changed anything today. It's still the same. The power of Jesus Christ that worked in the hearts back then... Is still the, has the same power and it brings sinners to repentance and it takes uh, new believers or weak believers on a path that brings them closer to God, following his word into the body of Jesus Christ. In that small beginning in the church of Jerusalem, the church grew around the Mediterranean Sea over to India so what kind of wrapper did the apostles put on the gospel? What caused people to take that difficult step and receive the gospel? So the manufacturers of margarine, they put a new wrapper on. What wrappers do we need to put on the gospel to help people receive it? The negative things that I just mentioned certainly are barriers so even though we try to make the gospel attractive, there are definite barriers that every person needs to overcome to receive the gospel. He hears the gospel message and he begins to understand and he thinks of the cost. And he knows he needs to overcome these barriers that are in front of him to receive what he's looking at. So there needs to be something very, very attractive. When we think of receiving the gospel, we need to recognize, we need to deny our uh, fleshly d- desires. And we don't want to do things like that. And we think of hatred and persecution. So why did the churches grow so fast in the time of the apostles? You know, sometimes today I hear of people presenting the gospel and they have poor wrappers on their pre- presentation. Just recently, I heard about a man who was talking to a young woman and he presented the gospel this way Why do you have those rings in your nose? And then he brought this um, prayer request to our prayer meeting and told us about this lady with the rings in her nose. And then he said, Pray for her that she would come to repentance. Um, I'm maybe being a bit critical, but in my mind, that was a poor rapper. Why didn't he present Jesus Christ and what Jesus Christ did to him? That would have been a much better rapper than to start off. Why do you have rings in your nose? Or why do you smoke? Or why do you have a sinful lifestyle? Probably are not good rappers we need to present Jesus they need to be attracted to the one who can save them who can save them from perishing in hell and you can a good raptor is that if you testify of what Jesus Christ has done for you will be a tremendous blessing to them because they will see that you found a treasure they will want that treasure and you know people will go to great lengths and great Hard work to find a treasure, to dig for gold, for example. But they're looking at that treasure. They will overcome those barriers if they can see the treasure. And that's what Philip did. What did he do? He wanted that eunuch to have that treasure. The eunuch was willing to overcome the barrier when Philip preached to him Jesus. I do need to make sure you understand that when I'm talking about rappers, we need to realize the work of converting a soul is the work of God. That's not what we're trying to do. Converting the soul is the work of God. We are called to plant, to water. God gives the increase. It's God who actually leads the soul to that place. But God uses us as instruments. God uses us as His tools to present the gospel to them. He uses the words that come out of our mouths, He uses our lives. Sometimes we don't need to say anything. I say, declare the gospel. That can be done very well without any words. We declare the gospel wherever we go. We're called to teach the gospel, teach all things. So, I'd like to look now at some of the things that um, we can put on that wrapper. So, Jesus Christ clearly had a deep concern for people and their physical needs. He constantly showed compassion. If we read the Gospels, we see that it was a heart of love that drove Jesus to talk to people Jesus sometimes left the crowds where he was talking to hundreds of people and walked over to a few lepers who were the, um, the low down on the earth, kept away from all people, and he went to them and brought to them um, help, concern, compassion. The Bible says that God is love, and Jesus Christ is the express image of God, so Jesus is love. One of the wrappers for presenting the gospel effectively is love. When we are presenting the gospel, love should be dripping from us. People can't see love. They can't touch love. can't put love in a box. It's the things that are behind the things that we do. How do we know that God loves us? Did God put something in a box and give it to us? Did God write us a letter? Well, he did write a letter and told us what, he did, what he, how he loves us. John 3.16 is in that letter. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Wherever we try to present the gospel, and this is very true in Ukraine, it's very true in our village of sheep sea Sometimes people come across our paths that are not very lovable, and yet it seems God tests us. What are we going to do with them? What are we going to say to them? Uh, Do we want them in our church, or would we rather have some elite person come to our church? Whatever we do, we're being watched, is my way of presenting the gospel, just dripping with love. So what do the neighbors in this part of Ireland see? What do the neighbors that live close to your house see? You are presenting Christ to them, whether you are trying or whether you are not. So is your method of Christ being presented a wrapper of love? Another wrapper is friendship. Friendship. Friendship is very, very important to present the gospel to someone. We notice that Philip joined the chariot and he didn't stand, he sat with him. That was a sign, I'm your friend. In Sheep and See, years ago, we invited a nine-year-old boy named Eddie Enda knows who that is, to our summer Bible school for five days and when he came back he started attending our church after several months his grandfather got wind of it and he also came to church he was about 60 some years old half half gypsy very poor and he started attending our services because his grandson had gone to our bible camp and he sat in the second bench right where Jimmy is sitting and he just drank in the word when it was being preached. Later I discovered he has a grade one reading level. So whatever he gets from the gospel is what he hears, not what he reads. He didn't know how to pray. He smoked 40 cigarettes a day. Uh, He didn't drink anymore, but he had been drinking. His wife was drinking. We sat in his room one day when his wife was drunk on the couch and was not a very pretty sight. His son is a drunkard. This is little Eddie's father, his Uh, His name is Dima. Dima was angry one day and he uh, was so frustrated he took his axe on and put his fingers on, his hand on the door sill, and chopped off three fingers. So he has only a thumb and another finger on the one hand. That's what drunkenness does. Little Eddie was deserted by his mother when he was a little boy. And I began to realize if Nikolai comes and listens to the gospel and he's going to receive the gospel... I'm going to need to become his friend. And there was something in me that knew I should do that. There was something within me that I didn't want to do that. That means visiting him. That means talking about his interests. Well, he was a cripple. He had fallen and hurt his back, and he made fishnets. He had big spools, of special thread, and a little steel spacer, and he made big fishnets to sell. I wasn't interested in fishing that type of way, or I wasn't f- interested in fishing nets. You know, Jesus Christ went to call disciples, and he also went to those that were cleaning nets. And I don't think Jesus was a fisher. He sh- why didn't Jesus go to the carpenters? And I had to be a friend, and Nikolai had to learn to trust me. And we saw that Nikolai started responding to the gospel. He got, while listening to the gospel, I didn't say anything like this. He told me one day, I didn't say anything about his cigarette smoking. One day he told me he, he's almost down to nothing, just, I think, two or four a day. And then one day when I visited him, he said, you know what? The other night after prayer service, I went home and I told God in my nighttime prayer that I'm not going to smoke another cigarette The next morning at 10 o'clock, when I had my cup of coffee, he was a man with low blood pressure, so he wanted coffee. So what goes with coffee? A cigarette goes with it. And he said, I had a terrible temptation. And I said, get out of here to the devil. And that was the end. And he wasn't tempted like that anymore to smoke. Praise God. God gave him victory. And I talked to him some days after that, and he said that one of his friends came to visit him, and just as normal, while they were talking in the house, the friend reaches in his pocket and pulls out a cigarette and pulls out his lighter, and uh, this Nikolai says to him, like, maybe you could just step outside to, to smoke. He didn't want this smoke in his house or in his nostrils, and the other man said to him, wow, that Mennonite church that you're attending, it's sure influencing you. Um, very sadly, Nikolai died a year ago from tuberculosis. He's no longer with us, so we trust he's with the Lord. But his wife came to the Lord. She had three strokes, and she used to be a drinker. drinker. I saw her drunk many times. She used to be a pickpocketer. She even tried to pickpocket one of the members of our church before that member was a was a believer so the two of them were unbelievers and she was standing in a line at the market when this Yevgenia is the grandmother's name Eugenia anyhow when Yevgenia came forward to repent she came up to the front she wanted to pray a prayer of repentance on a th- Thursday evening at our prayer service and when she was finished I was amazed at how well she could pray because she had three strokes. She couldn't talk very well. And sometimes in the middle of a sentence, she forgot what she was going to say. And she needed some prodding sometimes to finish. But she prayed very well without any prodding until at the end, I said, "Yevgenia, can you ask Jesus to cleanse you by the power of Jesus Christ? She started and she got halfway through. Did I say Can you ask Jesus Christ to cleanse you by the power of his his blood? Thank you. She said, uh, Dear Jesus, and that's about all she said. So I repeated my statement. Yevgenia, can you ask Jesus to cleanse you through the power of his blood? She said it again, but she didn't finish it. She did not say blood. I realized this is not a situation of a stroke. This is another power that's working in her. It's the power of darkness and the power of darkness the devil does not want her to say to be cleansed by the power of the blood of Jesus. And he was stopping her. So I said the third time, can you pray Evgenia and ask Jesus to cleanse you by the power of the blood? And she was kneeling there and she went like this and just stressed and pressed real hard, and she said, Jesus, forgive, you, forgive me by the power of your blood and cleanse me. And she relaxed. She had said it. So when people repent, we always have the question, did they say words or was it true? Was it sincere or did they just say words? Well, that evening after the service, um, this lady that many years earlier had been the one whose bag, Yevgenia's hand, went in to, be ro- to rob from her. She was at the service, and she went to congratulate Yevgenia for coming to Christ. Do you know what the first words of Yevgenia were to o- Sister Olga? Forgive me for trying to rob from you years ago. Those were the first words. When I heard that, I knew this was sincere. There was a fire burning in Yevgenia's heart that's still burning today. So, she is part of the church. I remember when we came close to baptism with her, she was very fearful. She was fearful that when the bishop comes, he's going to ask her some questions that maybe Bruce didn't ask her. And she won't know how to answer them. And because of her stroke problems, she'll be sort of tongue-tied. And uh, she said, I won't know all the answers maybe. Maybe I won't qualify. And I said to her, "Yevgenia, <clears throat> we already see the, po- the fire of Christ burning in your heart. Whether you say the right answer at that moment when you're asked a question, that isn't that important to us. We already see this in your life, that you are following Jesus with all your heart. And with tears in her eyes, she said, thank you for understanding. So that's that little story of what happened in my life when I befriended someone that I didn't want to befriend some. I didn't want to befriend them. But I had to have that wrapper. I don't think that that family would have come to god without me going to their house many times and showing them talking to them befriending them and helping them to follow jesus christ so in your neighborhood around here are many people i don't know who they are they need friendship they need love Jesus pictured himself as a shepherd. These people around here, Dunmore, Dunmore East, they need a shepherd. You know the story of Jesus told about the one lost sheep and what did Jesus Christ do? He said, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them is gone astray, he will leave the ninety and nine and go to the mountain and seek that which is gone astray. And then he will come back and he will rejoice. And he will rejoice more over that one that was found than the ninety that went not astray. Of course, we see the heart of Jesus Christ in that story. Even though there was 99 sheep there, there was one that was lost, and the shepherd cared about that lost one. And that shepherd is Jesus Christ. And in my mind, I have the picture it was a cold, rainy night, and Jesus went into the mountains, and it was dark. And there was thorns along the path, and Jesus didn't stop until he found that sheep And that's sometimes what's required. Of that's the wrapper sometimes we need to put on us, we need to put on a raincoat and go find that little sheep. I could talk a lot more. I'm looking at the clock, and there are some more wrappers that I was going to talk about. One of them is that the people that you present the gospel to need to see the rest that's in your soul. In their souls, there's anything but Rest. There's chaos, there's confusion, there's this thing, there's that, but there's not rest. And if they can see the rest that's in your soul, you need to wear that as a shawl or a coat over you that they can see that. Another one is the peace we have in our hearts. You know, you can tell when you talk to someone, they're angry about this, they're angry about the political situation, they're angry about other things. When you talk to them and you show them the peace that you have that it doesn't matter what happens in the political world, it doesn't matter what happens in Ukraine when there's war there, I still have peace in my heart. People see that. Truth is another rapper. Honesty, truth. You know, if I'm inconsistent, if I do things with money, or if I do things that show my pride or my anger... Uh, Shall I show that I'm a hypocrite? They will see that a lot more than what I'm trying to present to them. So let's search the scriptures. How was the gospel presented? By what method did the churches in the time of the apostles grow in such great extent at that time? And let's follow that example. And with the same power and fervency, let's present the gospel, declare the gospel, preach the gospel. And I'll quote a little verse from Acts. And the Lord will add to the church in dozen more east those that are being saved.